Tyler Wood, and I'm your host. Thank you for joining us today on this podcast. This is going to be our college football week two preview and prediction show, so I just want to thank you for joining us today. Going to kind of break down a couple of the games that are going on today that a lot of people are looking forward to, and then the ones that I'm looking forward to kind of break it down and then give you a prediction at the end so you can kind of see what's going to happen with that. But before we get into that, I want to go over some news that's been going on in college football. I didn't really get to break down any news yesterday in our episode three of our podcast due to a lot of political news that was going on, and there just wasn't too much going on over the last couple of days in terms of sports news in general so uh, talking about the Big 12 that's really what I want to get into so in the Big 12 we're seeing a little bit of the restructuring that's been going on in their conference obviously due to losing Texas and Oklahoma in 2025 to the SEC and we know about how they're becoming this 16 team super conference and then you look on the other side and you've got this alliance that's now form is now forming between the ACC the Big 10 and the Pac-12 to allow them to give them you know a, a, a advantage or a competitive nature against the SEC in terms of scheduling and in terms of games to help them stay relevant in terms of college football because college football is definitely turning from a you know NCAA heavy focus to more of a conference heavy focus uh, sport so you're definitely going to see the conferences take hold so in this situation you're looking at the Big 12 and they're trying to in my terms I would say stay relevant in this situation before you know they get left behind so you look at the four teams they're adding they're adding BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. I mean, all teams that have become relevant in college football over the last couple of years, you've seen them in the top 25. You've seen them in scenarios for big bowl games, especially you know UCF and Cincinnati last year. The other two teams, BYU and Houston, they've been relevant. They've been through the, you know, the top 25. They've played in some big games, but they've never made any, I would say, a huge splash in terms of how they are, you know, in this sport, and they just haven't really made that next step that those other teams, two teams have. But in terms of what these teams in general have all done, they have not really made, you know, any, I would say, national championship. They haven't made any national championship appearances, but they also haven't really made it into that top tier, you know, like the teams of Oklahoma and Texas and, you know, a lot of the SEC teams, you know, Georgia, Alabama. They haven't made it into those tiers. And the problem I see with – you know, this restructuring in terms of the Big 12 is they are trying to stay relevant, but this doesn't really keep them relevant in terms of what's going on with the conference restructuring. And this really puts them basically in the same situation they are. Yeah, they add a couple more teams, and that allows them to, you know, keep TV contracts maybe a little, little bit more, I guess you say, interested in those contracts being renewed. And, yeah, it adds some scheduling power somewhat, but it really – still leaves them behind the ball in just this whole college football restructuring because you look at games in the SEC, you're going to have games where you have Alabama play Oklahoma or Georgia play Texas or, you know, Auburn play, you know, Texas or Oklahoma. You're going to have big games like that in the SEC, and people are going to turn in for those games. People are going to want to have those TV contracts and have those games on ABC, ESPN, all these big-name places, they're going to want those games. But it's just hard to see, you know, a lot of teams want to just flip. I mean, a lot of people just want to flip on the channel or a lot of these companies sign these teams for just to watch, like, West Virginia, you say, against UCF. I mean, in terms of if you're a football fan, yeah, that might be something you might want to turn on. But just the average viewer who wants to just flip on a big game and see what's going on, that's not a game you just really put on your schedule each week. And that's where I kind of feel it. And what's going on, they just lose – lose relevancy and I think eventually you'll have to see them transition over into actually 
either joining this alliance or you'll have to see this conference dissolve, I guess you'd say, period, eventually. Now, they're going to give it a go at this, and they're, I mean, they're going to try at it, but I just think eventually you end up having them basically, instead of going from a Power 5 conference, you end up going to a Power 4 conference, you know, power, uh, four Power 4 conferences. And they just get left out of the picture because they just, this ter- in terms of firepower with the teams that they have, they just don't have it anymore. So... I still think you'll see a lot of teams other than just Oklahoma and Texas that are looking to join outside conferences. And so I could definitely see other conferences definitely get bigger and more powerful. Like I can definitely see a team, you know, like West Virginia want to go over to the Big Ten because it's in the area in general and it gives them other teams they'll get to play. It gives them recruiting advantages, you know, stuff of that nature. And so while this is a, you know, a big move in terms of college football and still in the restructuring phases that's still going on, I still think it still puts them behind the ball. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. They're expecting these teams to – they said BYU is supposed to be in by about 2023 is when they're supposed to actually come into the conference in terms of start playing their you know, scheduling against other Big 12 teams and just be in that conference as a whole. I think you're looking at 2024, maybe possibly earlier for the other three teams. So it would be real interesting to keep your eye on. I mean, a lot of this stuff in this restructuring is still a couple years away. So there's going to be a lot of watching, and there's still probably going to be a lot of movement that goes on between now and then. So it's definitely going to be fun to watch, and it's just going to be something that we'll keep you updated on as it continues to develop because there's just a lot of it that's still got to play out. So we'll we'll definitely keep you up to date on that, and we'll definitely be looking forward to seeing what turns out out of that. All right, so moving on into the to the college football preview and you know the prediction part of it. Going to move into the first game that I kind of want to talk about, a game that uh, has some. Uh, ramifications in terms of the top 25 and what's going on. There's only in in matchups this week that's going on. There's only two major ones. Now this one is something that you can kind of it, it's Utah versus BYU, but and it could obviously give Utah a good jumping point starting out on their season to continue to try and move up in the top 25. So that's kind of one of the reasons we're going we're going over this and just see how how good that. Uh, how good Utah is and see how they progress and see if they actually have a shot to move up into the, you know, say top 15 and continue to actually maybe be a threat later on in the season because this is going to be a big game for them in terms of what's going on because they have to go down to, they have to go to BYU and they have to play in that stadium, which is known for being rowdy, being a good, good college football environment. One that teams like to go play. It gives them, you know, just, just an opportunity to go in there and battle a, a, you know, and win a tough road game. So that's definitely one that we're looking at in terms of what's going on with them. Uh, in terms of Utah, last week they played they played Weber Weber State and they ended up winning that game forty to seventeen. They looked pretty good um, overall. They had a couple of slip ups on third and fourth down, but uh, and a and a pick for um, and a pick for them in that game. But their quarterback he just looked sharp in terms of what was going on. So that was good to see for them. The biggest strength for this team, it looks like it's going to be that defensive line. They did a real good job of shutting down the run last week, and I think that's definitely going to play a huge factor in this BYU game. Now, in BYU, they're looking at last week, they end up surviving a game, in a game against 24-16 you know, to 16 against Arizona. That they, they looked all right for the most part, but it wasn't the type of game that you want to see for them knowing that they have to play a top 25 team like, like Utah this week. Uh, now their quarterback played well. He's a, he's um, Jaron Hall is the quarterback, and like I said, he had a he had a good game. He did a good job managing the offense, but it just didn't have the explosiveness that you needed to see to actually be able to uh, one be balanced against the defensive line 
like Utah's and didn't have the explosiveness downfield that you want to see. So in this game, definitely look at and see how well Utah's playing up front. If they can get in the backfield and really get after this quarterback, it's going to be really difficult for them to stay in the game. But if they're going to stay in this game for BYU, they definitely got to have a balanced attack. And so, as you can see where I'm going with this, I don't really have much trust in BYU to have that balanced attack, especially with as good as this defensive line is. So, I mean, with that said, I definitely think Utah's going to win this game. It's going to – I don't even think it's going to be too close in what's going on, but I think it'll be a good game for Utah to have uh, on their resume for the rest of the season, and it should definitely help vault them up further in the top 25 rankings, definitely as they move into – you know, further into uh, Pac-12 play and – give them an opportunity to go play in that Pac-12 championship later on. So my prediction I got for this game is 38-21 Utah. So it should be a fun one. That's going to be a late one. Um, If you like to stay up late for college football games, that's definitely one to look at. So this one's going to come on at 10-15. It's going to be on ESPN. Last I checked, the line had it at uh, seven-point favorite for Utah. So uh, definitely we'll – I think we'll see Utah surpass that total, winning by 17 in my prediction, 38-21. So look for that game if you're looking for a night game uh, late tomorrow, uh, late tonight. So next game we're going to look at, going to go ahead and switch over. Not going to take too much time today because, um, like I said, there's just not too many big-name games other than the uh, last two games I'm going to go over. So in this game, te- got Texas versus, versus Arkansas. This one's going to be at 7 o'clock on ESPN. Now, this game, like I said, Arkansas is not ranked. Texas is. They're coming off a win last week, a big win against Louisiana. And they definitely look pretty decent, especially for Steve Sarkeesian's first game as the head coach. The offense looked good. The offense looked the part. The defense looked pretty good against that Louisiana team. Now, I don't think that Louisiana team was as good as last year, and I think that was part of the reason they had the ranking they did at um, 23 last week. So it, while it looks good for Texas, it's also not just something you got to keep, you know, patting Texas on the back for that later on in the season. So, um, but I think this game has an opportunity for Arkansas to really prove themselves if they can really get things going and they can look the part as a good team because we know this is Sam Pittman's second second year there, second or third year there, and he's done a real good job in terms of building that team. Uh, we, we all know he was an offensive line coach at Georgia, did a real good job there. And so people definitely expected to see the lines on both sides, defense and offense, look the part in Arkansas. And we've seen that. They can obviously, they obviously have a decent ground game. And so people are definitely looking to see how well that does against this Texas defensive front because the Texas defensive front, they definitely got some of these, some of these big guys that can definitely, you know, mess you up. Um, but last week, just for Arkansas, the while I say this is an opportunity for them, I'm I'm not too optimistic about their chances. And the reason I say that is just last week they played they played Rice last week, and obviously that's not a big name team or anything like that. And they were struggling seventeen. They were down seventeen to seven midway just through the third quarter. But uh, and it was it was it looked pretty bad at first. We had they had fans booing them and fans you know calling calling them out on social media, getting all over Sam Pittman just not having the team prepared. But I. Some way, somehow, Sam Pittman got those boys locked in for the that last, I'd say, quarter and a half. And the defense stepped up in a big way. They didn't allow Rice to score anymore. And they, Arkansas went on to score on five of their last six drives, was able to end up winning that game um, by a pretty big margin, 38-17. to 17. So 
like I said, that was good for them to actually come alive. But you, if you have that type of start against this Texas team that did a real good job last week against Louisiana, you're not you're not going to come out of here with the win. And while Arkansas is at home, and that definitely gives them a a big boost this week, and having those those home fans rocking. Uh, if you just get off to a slow start, Texas is going to be able to get after and get some points on the board because you got Steve Sarkeesian. We know what he did last year at Alabama. We saw what he did in week one against Louisiana. He had an offense that was effective. They were able to move the ball up and down the field. Hudson Card, their their uh, starting quarterback, did a real good job of spreading the ball around. He kept turnovers to a minimum. And if he can do that again, Texas has got a really good shot. But obviously for Texas, it starts with that offensive line of B. John Robinson. He tore it up last week. He's one of the best running backs in the nation, and you can expect to see him continue to do that. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen in this game against, against Arkansas. And for this game, I got Texas winning this game 31-21. to So I think you'll see Texas be able to score early. I think you'll see Arkansas – kind of be dead in the water for a little bit and I think Arkansas will finally get a you know a couple couple scores here late in the game so I definitely expect Texas to handle that it definitely helped Texas in terms of rankings and how they look for this season I know a lot of teams are I mean a lot of people are interested just to see how far Steve Sarkeesian can take them this first year do I think they're going to be you know a contender later on in the year I don't think so do I think they can be a tender you know a contender in the next few years definitely would I definitely think they can with the way Steve Steve Sarkeesian uh, just the way he's had his offenses look in the past and he just seems like after working under Saban he's got a way better understanding of how to run a team so definitely looking forward to that like I said I got them winning 31-21 and I would expect Texas to move up in the rankings after that because that's a solid win for them uh, in this week so Next game up, we got Ohio State, number three Ohio State versus number number 12 Oregon Ducks. Uh, this is definitely going to be one of the bigger matchups this week for in terms of college football playoff scenarios down the road. This will give whatever team ends up winning this game a big-time win on their resume, and it's going to definitely have some carryover effect. Now, I don't think this one will have as much carryover effect as, to say, a game like last week where you had Clemson and Georgia. Obviously, those are higher-ranked teams with teams that have – uh, more important backgrounds, I guess you say, that are have that are bigger name teams um, than say Oregon or have been consistent in the last couple of years in terms of Oregon. Um, so this is still a big game, especially especially for especially for Oregon in this game. I think it's bigger for them than it is Ohio State. Ohio State, they everybody knows they could lose this game and still if they go clean sweep the rest of the way through the their regular season ended up and end up winning the Big Ten. They got a good shot still to get into the playoffs. So especially only losing to a team that's ranked number twelve. But in terms of this game, I think it's way more important for Oregon because if they can win this game and move on, it really gives them a shot later in the year. So uh, right now they're sitting at twelve. If they win this game, you can expect them to see them to move up into the top ten, and they'll be sitting pretty good moving into the to their Pac twelve schedule. Now I think the problem with the with Oregon though this week is going to be overcoming that injury that Kayvon Thibodeau had this past week where he injured his ankle. He was out for the whole second half of that game. And a lot of people are concerned with him. As obviously everyone knows, he's potential number one draft pick in the NFL this year. He's got tons of potential. He's just a beast on that front line. And he can really get after the quarterback. Now, you got C.J. Strode on the other side for Ohio State. And... If you can get pressure on him, I really do think after watching him against Minnesota, I really think they can they can force him into some mistakes. But the problem is if you don't have your best pass rusher, while their still defense still should be good, I just don't see them being able to get there with the way 
that Ohio State offensive line looked against Minnesota. And yeah, it was Minnesota. They're not, you know, they weren't ranked or anything like that. But I just they looked apart in terms of that game. Their offense was able to run the ball very effectively. They kept C.J. Strode protected. He was able to finally settle in in that second half. And you know, Ryan Day trusted him in that offense. That offense, uh, offensive setting, able to you know give him some easy passes later in that game that helped get some consistency going, give him some confidence, and he was able to turn it around and had a good, you know, a good game, almost 300 yards passing, four touchdowns, and just Ohio State was able to really get going in that second. that I'd say fourth quarter or so they were able to really get rolling. My concern with Ohio State is just is going to be their, their, their defense because, like I said, they gave up 31 to a Minnesota team. Now, what can you do against this uh, – what can you do against this talented Oregon offense? Um, now, I say talented Oregon offense. They only put up 31 last week in their close win against Fresno State. They almost overlooked them and got beat. But you can tell all the pieces are there. But, you know, I wondered about their rushing game in that, you know, in that game against Fresno. So it would be interesting if their rushing game can finally get going and give a balanced attack against this offense, I mean, against this defensive front of Ohio State. I think Oregon can play in this game. But I definitely think – for Oregon, their best defense in this game, missing Kayvon or having an injured Kayvon Thibodeau, is going to be their offense. If they can have some points and they can uh, get up and down the field and continue to move the ball, use some clock, I think they can stay in this game. But for Ohio State, I just think their offense is too good. So I definitely think Oregon's going to score some points, but I definitely think you'll see Ohio State roll overall. So I got Ohio State winning this game, forty-one to twenty-four. Like I said, I think you'll see it. Stay close for um, maybe a half or so, and then I think you'll finally see Ohio State's defense finally able to get some stops, and their offense. Like I said, I think it'll be it'll be all right against this Oregon this Oregon team, especially um, if they don't have Kayvon Thibodeau. But all the pieces are there for Oregon. Like I said, I think this is a huge game for them if they're going to advance that program forward because they haven't really been in a national spotlight since. Uh, Back in 2000, you know, really since 2000, or well not 2010, but since Marcus Mariota has been there um, when they were able to play in the college football playoffs. So it's been a while since they've really been, you know, where a lot of Oregon fans have thought they should be. So if they're really going to take that next step, this is going to be it. And they got to be able to, you know, they got to be able to come in here and beat this Ohio State team. But the problem is they're also going to Columbus. So they're going to have to deal with a rowdy crowd. They're going to have to deal with, you know, just the, 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 trials that you deal with when you go on the road as a visiting team so it'll be a fun game to watch now that game is going to be on let's see at 4 30 not 4 30 going to be on at 12 o'clock on fox so the big noon game that they got going on on fox so definitely be looking for that in the early part of the game me early part of the day uh, so last game up we got iowa the hawkeyes versus Iowa State Cyclones got number 10 versus number 9. Now, to me, this is the game of the week for me. And I know a lot of people will say it's the Ohio State versus Oregon game. But for me, I think this this game has a lot more factors that lie into it than just the Ohio State and Oregon game do. So for this Iowa State team, you look at them last week, they had a game that they really struggled in. Well, in terms of offense, they really struggled in. Their defense looked decent for the most part their offense just failed to get off the ground really convert on third down and just to have real big explosive plays that you expected especially when you have a guy like Brock Purdy who's running the offense who a lot of people have in the Heisman conversation so it was disappointing to see 
in that. And I really, from what I saw in that game, I really think it has the potential to carry over this week. And the reason I say that, that's obviously that's something to do with Iowa State, but I think a lot of it has to do with how good this Iowa Hawkeyes defense is and just how good that secondary is. And for Iowa, they played Indiana, who was supposed to be a ranked, ranked team who everyone had lots of excitement behind with Michael Pennis Jr. coming back um, and just seeing how they were going to you know, be with him and see if they thought they were going to have an explosive offense again. The defense was supposed to be uh, pretty decent, and they were just able to shut them down right off right off the jump. It was 34-6. to Just the defense looked fantastic. One of the better defenses in the nation, able to shut down the passing game, able to control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And that's really what Iowa's looking to do. And if they can do it against a team like Indiana, like I know they're not as good as Iowa State and they don't have that type of level quarterback like you know Brock Purdy is, but they really, really just look the part past the eye test. And I really think you'll see a similar um, game in terms of both of them. And – while I was ta- what I was talking about in terms of what this game means for all of it is just you got a rivalry game, you got a Big Ten matchup, and you also got a college football playoff, you know, resume builder right here in this game with number ten versus number nine. Now, do I think this is in any way going to be an easy game for either one of these teams? Absolutely not. Like I said, you got two high high ranked teams, both got good defenses. Both offenses, you know, are not – didn't last week really look super um, big playmaking offense, like in terms of just going to be up and down the field. They're not like that. They're really going to – especially Iowa, they're going to pick their spots. Now, Iowa State, we thought they had that potential. They didn't show it. Now, I just like I said, I just don't see that happening against this Iowa secondary. So, uh, it's going to be a fun game to watch. But for my prediction for this game, I got – Iowa winning 28-21. So I expect to see a little bit more offense from Iowa State this week than I did last week just because of how bad they were last week. But I really think Iowa's really got the potential just to control this game from the jump and be able to just impose their will, like I said, on the line of scrimmage and be able to possibly force Brock Purdy into a turnover in that secondary and uh, get after him and put some pressure on him, and I think the you'll you'll see them be up probably about twenty eight fourteen this game, and I think Iowa State will get a late score to kind of make it look better than really than what it was. So uh, whoever wins this, they got a real shot at potentially getting into the playoff later on if they can, can you know not have any slip up games and they can win big games later on down the road that they're going to have to play because at some point you'll probably have to see Ohio State or or you know they're already on the schedule, so you'll. This, this is definitely a big game for them in terms of that they want to have those those playoff implications and continue to build their programs to that type of relevancy because they've both been relevant in terms of what's been going on over the last couple of years, definitely top 25. They've played in some big bowls, so if they want to take that next step and really insert themselves into the conversation, this is the one to do it. Now, like I said, I think a factor that's got to be taken in for this game for Iowa, they are going to be on the road. Uh, in this game, so they're going to have to deal, like I said, with what comes with being on the road. But this seems like a team that really knows what they're doing, a veteran team, one that's very well coached, and they're gritty, and they're just determined. So I really expect them to win this game 28-21. And I I think if you lose this game as Iowa State, it really does make it hard for you later on in the season to really – build up your resume in terms of having that opportunity. Now, is it possible if they win out? Yeah, it's possible, but if you're losing this game, I just don't see them being able to win out the rest of the way. So this game's really got a lot of implications in it. So this game's going to be, 
let's see, 4.30 on ABC, so middle of the day, you know, a decent slot uh, in terms of time frame, so should be a fun game, and definitely really looking forward to that, but other than that, that's our show, we'll have our next episode, just overall with sports and uh, political news, that'll be Monday at 8 o'clock like normal, if you want to be able to read a little bit more on this college football playoff, you know, preview and prediction. We do have the articles that come out on Friday. So kind of just going over those games a little bit more on Saturdays, you know, kind of just breaking it down from that article list. We use the same game. So if you want to read about it, it's on our website at therevolutionsports.com. Uh, go check us out there. Go check us out on social media. Follow us because that's where we're keeping keeping you up to date with all the scores from these type of games, from all the big games, any news that really happens in college football on Saturday. So, Uh, definitely do that, and we will see you all in the next episode, and have a good one.